Before we start today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, which is a podcaster's best friend. Trust me when I tell you this, Zencaster is like the Shopify for podcasters. It's all you need to get up and running as a podcaster. And the best thing about Zencaster is that you get so much stuff for free. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash Founder Thesis. That's zen.ai slash Founder Thesis. Hey guys, so this is Ankit Swambik, the founder and CEO of this club. Take a minute, stop. Ready or not? इंडिया Wakefit is on track to cross revenue of 1000 crore rupees and you may find it hard to believe that 99% of what they sell is manufactured in house this means that wakefit is really competing with an old school furniture company like godrej rather than any online player this conversation really is a masterclass in embracing failures and making the most of them and ankit shares some amazing insights into building a customer obsessed business that lasts here's ankit talking about his first failed attempt at entrepreneurship so i used to live in two bhk with my friend we had two individual rooms and one room i converted that into laboratory i got some business idea i said ke kuch commodity hai so Which is polyethylene soap. I I figured out a comedy to kind of make it cheap. Assume petrol कोई सत्तर रुपए का बेचता है. You are able to figure out a formula कि sixty में बेच सकते हैं with profit. Right? That that was the time I realized that something is possible because I was doing lot of diversified industries and all that. So I figured out yeah this is possible. कुछ कर सकते. And then I picked up my you know tools whatever I learned and I converted my room into a laboratory. For the first six months, I actually closed the doors, so I would have lock and key. I would not allow anybody to go in. And I started did some casting, metal casting, finishing, buffing, all of it. So I'll come back uh, at six o'clock from my job, and I'll go to that small industrial area where lot of small small works happen, lathe machine, and all of this. I'll come back really dark in the night because all those grease and all will be all all over you. I worked like Saturday Sunday crazy because five days working there. So somehow, mixed up my mind for six months. I created a product, and then you know that's how it started. So, they, but what was the product you created? Like it was again foam, but a cheaper foam. Like it, it was better in properties compared to a traditional foam, but at the same time cheaper also. That cheaper than that foam. So why wasn't Bayer already doing it? Like big MNC, big research department. Like it was not Bayer. So it was a customer. So basically, so it it there was a cost between a fixed cost and a variable cost. If you invest a decent amount of money in fixed cost, you can reduce the cost. But if if you want to have a, no, if you're comfortable with high variable cost, then also you can do the business. A lot of people prefer to choose a high variable cost business and low, let's say, capex business. What I did is that high capex, I designed a way to reduce that capex by one third. For example, if you were to invest one crore rupees, you can just get away by investing thirty lakh rupees. So I, for that six months, I created that way. So I was able to convert that in you know, that mold I created. I think it's a aluminium mold. It'll be too technical, but. and i created something a dye hey, with, with thoda i want to get into technical part now matlab i i'll ask you questions because i am a layman but so bear foam ni bech raha tha kya bear kya bech raha tha bear was selling chemicals which was and those chemicals were used to make foam 
तो ये जो फोन बनता था वो फोन यूज टू बी बिल्ड बाई टू टेक्नोलॉजी the die so you have to cast so for example the shape of the foam is when you, on chair you are sitting it will be contoured chair right it will have shape 3d shape is there for the 3d shape you need a die to to cast your product now there's die in a chemical inject hota hai aur wo chemical fir somehow wo through chemical reaction wo foam banta hai foam ban jata hai now there are two ways to do it either use mdi or tdi in mdi you can get a very cheaper cost mold in tdi you need a very high precision mold because the air leakages there are a lot of technical stuff to that also so what i did is i created that highly sophisticated tool in a very cheap price about 1/5 of the price so typical metal mold will cost me about let's say 70000 rupees for a specific size i was able to create a replica in 10000 rupees so that's where i got into keep my investment is let's say double of those traditional molds but my cost saving is about 20% on mold How does this save cost? Like, if you use this uh, kind of mold, then the variable cost is low. Yeah, but how does how does it cut variable cost? Yeah. So what happens is a TDI based foam has a higher mechanical properties compared to MDI based foam. Yeah, what do you mean by higher mechanical property? Like, like your hardness will be more, your resilience of the foam will be more, life of the foam will be more, stuff like that. Okay. Now, uh, so now what you can do is, let's say, for example, you're getting Three mechanical properties: hardness and compression side. Compression is basically linked to life. So, at a forty density of MDI base foam, you can get let's say X Y Z properties. You can reduce the density of foam to thirty two. Let's say by twenty percent, you can reduce the density. You can still get the same properties. With so TDA. what I did is I ah uh, with TDA. So I what I did is I reduced the density of that foam. I got same mechanical properties and offered it to the market. And of course, market if I'm using twenty percent lesser. Lesser input raw materials. Of course, I can sell it twenty percent lesser in the market. So that was the technology. Okay, okay. So, what did you want to sell? You wanted to sell foam, or you wanted to sell the technology? No, I want to sell foam because I wanted to keep the technology is not really uh, you know it's not a costly technology. It's a way of manufacturing the mold. So if if I were to let's say tell it to anybody, anybody can copy. So I had to keep it. That's why I closed my room and did all of that stuff. Right? I I did not share. You know, how did I make that mold? If I open it up, then people can copy. There's no trademark. I at least did not have access to trademarks and IP and stuff. I knew it by the time I would apply, somebody will copy it. Okay. And today, is this common knowledge what you did back then, or is it still a? Achha. No, it's a common one. Now a lot of people, in fact, companies like Yamaha, Maruti, and all of that, they also use a lot of foam. So they they all work in this TDA based technology. But when you did it, you were like the first person ever in the world. In furniture, yes. In furniture, I was the first person to do it. Acha. But people were doing it for other use cases. For automotives, they were able to do it because they were able to afford high cost stuff. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you saw that how they were doing it in other sectors, and then you were able to bring it into this sector at a lower cost. So like, true, 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 true. That was the disruption, and that's why when I opened up my shop, I think I was first. First month, I was I was able to do a ten lakh rupee sale. 
second one was 18 lakh 20 lakh i was growing like crazy i used to get calls from these automotive guys like kya kar rahe ho tum how are you doing now so but then later on this became a comedy but i want to understand so form is sold not it's not like a sheet na jaise cotton ya paper hota hai but it is set as per a mold what do you mean you opened a shop matlab aap fir usme koi standard products rakhte ho ya when i say opened the shop i meant i opened up my factory set up business and started selling so when i started selling i got a lot of inbound interest because i was very cheap compared to the market of course b2b people b2b people are looking at same specs give me cheaper of course your man friend right when i did that i did that but one question here before so you how did you get money to set up a factory like you say oh, like i got yeah, you know i i out of that 6 months of work at my home i was able to show it to one guy in the industry he was able, he used to belong to the industry i show i showed him that form i that day itself he gave me a crore rupees check so he said yeah, yeah this is quite deceptive story yeah so matlab he he came on as an investor like yeah, yeah he was an investor that time we did not understand anything right so i gave him 70% of my equity <laughs> oh shucks and on top of that i had to invest my 20 25 lakhs piece whatever i saved I invested my debt. Why I got thirty percent equity? So, but unfortunately, and because you knew sales, so you were able to get orders. But essentially, I think sales of chemicals is very different than sales of foam sheet because the consumers are very very different, right? When you talk chem, when you're selling chemicals, you're talking to industries, really large industry. When you're when you're selling foam, you're selling to let's say a small chair manufacturer. a small bus seat manufacturer a small bike seat manufacturer so you you get into very small shops and i think that's that's where the biggest problem came into my business i did not realize that you know all of this unorganized industry is going to ask you so much of credit that you can't survive so so even beyond let's say getting that significant cost reduction they wanted to work on credit because of the old cash cycle was set like that. so which i did not anticipate at all and secondly They were, you know, the first time you became an entrepreneur. Now you're going to a factory, and you used to work in a, you know, very set up culture of MNC. The moment I w- walked into my factory, I was the one guy, and there was just labor, right? I can't talk to anybody. I can't eat my lunch with anybody. And and if there was some, because factories goes through multiple failures, right? It it goes through some challenges in the beginning of or whenever you started up. Now imagine you are the first, you are your first time doing it, and something fails. Your heart breaks like crazy, so I could not control my emotions at that point of time. You know, I so I I felt very very lonely. I I felt you know very very lots of like for example I could not eat my lunch in my factory because I felt I can't I can't be here anymore. Something failed and you're so stressed up, you can't sit at that place and eat lunch, right? So for about six months, I not six months actually for about three months, I kept on taking my car out for lunch. And park it somewhere under the tree. Open up the gates. I don't know why. I felt like getting a open air is quite important and all that. I open up the gates. There used to be hot summer. I'll eat my lunch very calmly and easily, and come back to factory. Right. So where was this? Where did you set up your factory? This was Great Noida. This was. Great I used Nida. to live in Great Noida. Oh, nice. Yeah, I used to live in uh, Sector Pi. Acha. No, no. This was in Eco Tech near Yama. Yeah, near Yama. So. So that's where I I used to do a lot of stuff. But I think that early phase of an entrepreneur, where let's say something is getting broken and there's nobody to actually support you, 
will walk, go for a walk for two, three hours. I'll not realize I'm walking for two, three hours. I'll come back home and, you know, and food is lying in front of me. My by Anyway, that point of time, I started living with my parents. So, they were in, so they, they knew it, I'm going through certain problems. So, you know, the food would be lying in front of me. I'll not have it for two hours and I'll not realize I'm just sitting on the table and thinking something. My mom, mama is also looking at me, you know, and she is also like, Unko bhi hai that he's going through some difficult times. She will also not cry. Otherwise, I will tapar mar dehi. We will not catch up. So, two years, uh, I mean, those two, three months were really, really scary. And I think somehow, around three months, I came out of that phase, but I realized that my parents are now getting into that phase. Like, I started realizing that if I'm waking at four o'clock, they are actually getting woken up at three o'clock because they are aware that I'm going to walk on this walk. Even I got to know that some of the times my father used to follow me when I was going out uh, for walks because he was afraid they were afraid mm-hmm. three, four hours before they get out, six hours before they get So then I realized that this is a lot of good work. Like they are going through even worse time than I am going through. Then I I took up a job which was paying me six lakhs rupees a year, and that was some pasta sales. Where I was I left at fourteen. Oh wow! Now, yes, that's why. So I realized, look, I was a chemical guy, so nobody, there are not many chemical companies out there, right? There are very few. So you don't really get a job as fast as, you know, any other guy will get. That too, you're a salesman, not an engineer, engineer, right? So sales chemicals is a very long-term contractual work instead of uh, on-spot selling. Uh, and with my yeah, network, 14 lakh salary, I can't afford it. Yes, correct. So when I interviewed, I was like, 3 lakh, 4 lakh, but... This time I took an offer of six lakhs and I went to Mumbai. I started selling pastas. Like, no, 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 no. My my work was to do the sampling of pasta in malls. So I'll go in the malls, set up a stall along with a guy and I'll do sampling in that uh, mall. I'll go and replenish inventory in malls, travel in Barcelona. I think I went through again another miserable life story. And unfortunately, they were also a startup. Unfortunately, they did not pay me for two months also. So, so it was even worse. But at least I was out. I think uh, they made me stay in their place. They gave me food, water, whatever. They, you know, they, they somehow took care of me. And then they, this company transferred me to Bangalore. And then I got into Bangalore. Then again, Bangalore... Which factory was this? I'm sorry, I will not be able to take the name. But in Bangalore, I got this. Another friend came in. He was studying in I am Bangalore. He took care of me for almost two months. So somehow four months I survived without getting paid. And, uh, you know, still getting back to life. By that time, I already started Wakefit. So when I got my first job, I, I happened to meet somebody who was doing an online sale of mattresses. And first job, you mean Bear or the pasta company? I mean, this is the second job, sorry. After after my first field sorting, I got my first job. Yeah, after pasta, I got my first... This, this company paid me 12, 14 lakhs again. Okay. Achha, achha, achha. So after pasta, you left that company and you joined uh, like a proper job. Proper job. But I'm saying by the time, because I was going through such a bad phase of my life, I used to keep on meeting entrepreneurs and asking what life me kya kya And there was one really nice guy. He belongs to that industry. This is the mattress industry. And he showed me what he does. And that's where I picked up how to do online business. And he was selling mattresses in fact online. And they I said, said he was selling online. 70,000 rupees ka ek mattress, 80,000 rupees. This really made me crazy. Like, how can people buy 60,000 rupees ka mattress over like? It was a turning point in my life. Then I started doing my research. What is the industry? And he used to send 10 mattresses a day, 60,000 rupees. I said, yeah, boss, you know, what are you doing? 
And in fact, he was making some three four lakhs every day. That is the profit he is making. I'm like, boss, That's this profit is actually, wow. uh, that is three four lakhs rupees of profit every day. I was like, really surprised that this is also possible. I, I'm going through such a miserable life of the mold banana dye banana. Six months in company, you banana jaw dye. Look, like there's just so much of work, and this guy is smartly has put up a small shed and kind of doing the business and is still surviving. Is is by the way, he was at fifty seven, fifty eight. And that was his fourth business. Every business he has been doing successfully. So he he also you know behaved like a gadget. बोलते हैं बच्चे तुम मेरे पास शाम को आ जाएगा कर मैं तुम्हें समझाता हूँ क्या करना है. And then he he actually behaved like a gadget. Every week, every evening I'll go to him and he'll say कि ऐसा कर ले वैसा कर ले कर ले वो कर ले. While you were doing that job, like हाँ uh, that job was again a sales job, like chemical sales. This job जहाँ आपको fourteen Yeah, and that was the first point in my life where I learned e-commerce. By that time, I I was a user of e-commerce. I would buy something from Flipkart or Amazon, but I did not know what it was. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, it was so I did not appreciate e-commerce at all by that point of time because I thought that this is just like click and it comes. Like, it's like that. Right? But then when you walked into that e-commerce startup, I think they were building an app. It was called a super app where. You can do e-commerce shopping, grocery shopping, movie booking, stuff like that. They were doing a lot of stuff. Like before they went B two B, I think they eventually went B two B, na. But they started yeah, as B two C. They started as B two B. They also progressed into B two C. B two B is still running, by the way. And then in that company, I I, I got an opportunity to get into Proxen Excellence role, where they they taught me something new was coming up. Like they were starting some chatting uh, system where they were to hire five hundred people. So I had to build processes, get along with people, to kind of do the chats with people, understand something. Then I was transformed into a category manager, where you have to take care of a little bit of little side of the demand, also the problems of a customer, the the journey of that category. So I learned a lot in those nine. I think I worked for, but that was like really one eighty degree flip of what I did because I came from Rukhi. Rukhi again is like really uh, far from Mumbai and Delhi, where you can see a lot of stuff happening. Our founders, our seniors were also a lot of IAS officers, IPS officers. So you happen to kind of aspire to become an IAS and IPS. But here, if you go to Mumbai, all you see everybody is doing a startup, right? So by then, I did not, I had no clues of you know starting up in the planet. Had you started Wakefit officially, like launching a website and all? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it was all live. I did, but but again, I had to. This time, I did not take this. Again, it came from the learning that you know you can't. Unless you have built a little bit of business so that you can survive financially, it's not. It doesn't make sense to leave job. So, so I kept on somehow you know paying salaries of all the people in the factory and logistics. I kept on paying from whatever I used to earn from this company. How did you like get it off the ground? I mean, so you learned mattress how to make it, and I, I think because of your background in foam, you. It should have been relatively easy for you to learn mattress kaise banate hain. Then you saw this guy selling mattresses online at a very high premium. So you know, so so talk to me about uh, how that led you to launch Bakefit. Who and what did you launch? Yeah, yeah, I was talking about this. Uh, see, I was helpless at that moment in time, and I had to do some business. So I learned from this day how to do this. I started doing market research and figured out that market me a very big problem. 
that people are offering really off prices like really really bad prices for the mattresses that people are selling you know, all the branded companies that you name in the market you would figure out you know what for example if your cost of raw material is let's say 30 rupees you're selling it at 30 rupees so i figured out which is a lot of online market yeah even offline offline market so mattresses were traditionally sold offline i think uh, i was the first guy in india or let's say second guy in india who started selling it online but family it was a distribution led business where people were making like for example a retailer typically makes 35 40% margins then there's a stockage then there's like lot of people in the value chain who are just getting being fed for almost zero value addition if i can call it so i realized that there's no way that you know people can actually sell the mattresses without having a retail shop if and then and then sell it at a cheaper price and then of course online was booming at that point so i got theek hai Amazon is just taking a cut of 10% that one time for selling mattresses. I said, what better than that? From day when I was able to manufacture almost at the same price that these guys were manufacturing, or let's say a little bit higher because I was buying foam and fabric and stuff like that. They were backward integrated. They were making their own foam. So I was, let's say, manufacturing at 10% higher price, but because my cost of selling was only 10%, but their cost of selling was, let's say, 50%. So I was able to discount my mattresses by 30%. So it started. I, I launched all five, six types of mattresses which are available, like core mattress, latex mattress, spring mattress, foam mattress. I just launched it because I thought, you know, it's a easy price disruption game where you can just, you know, be very, very lean and just offer the product, same product which is available in the market at let's say thirty percent cheaper price, and that clicked. You you sold through Amazon, like like that was the strategy. Yeah, yeah. Amazon was the platform to kind of go hit and trial, zero cost. I was the one who was selling, accounting, financing. Buying everything I was doing because you literally have to do catalog management on Amazon, right? Everything else is taken care of. So we we have to do that, and then you know, first month was of course very bad. Like we sold like seven mattresses in one month, but then it was also but seven is not bad. But like you know, totally new brand. किसी ने आपने कोई advertise भी नहीं किया होगा. Like I did not do anything, and I was surprised to see that you know my first few buyers were actually fifty percent of them were. Uh, foreigners so those who had already tasted amazon like for example my first mattress i still remember there was a couple who was staying in jaipur and they were from germany and they came to jaipur and they wanted to buy something latex or natural products so they bought my product from amazon they, like so they were early believers of amazon and they they thought you know mattress can be bought online plus uh, you must have done a better job at listing na than other traditional companies matlab no, no actually like, i was really bad at that point of time when i launched so this was before joining akoja I was in, you know, phase to do something in my life, so I just launched. So, in fact, my first mattress, mattress photograph was very different than the actual mattress because I picked up the mattress because I picked up the photograph from Google. I said, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. I picked up random photograph from Google. I said, this is my mattress, and I sold something else all together. Like inside, everything was okay, but color finishing was very very different. Like then. Then you go through that learning curve. Okay, then you know, customer calls you and says, "Okay, boss, show me what you have, show me what you have." I said, "Boss, what do you have to offer? Under the mall, see how it's good." So, what do you say? Starting off that point, you just you know, you have least understanding of a customer and the market. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. But you know, but that is the best part of being an entrepreneur, right? You you get driven by things which you don't understand, right? 
and I think that's the blessing in disguise because if you understand a lot of stuff, then you really can't do anything because you'll get complex. You will feel that this problem, that problem, that problem. Like today, for example, if I have to open up a new company altogether, because of so much of knowledge that I've gained in the last six, seven years, I feel it'll be very difficult for me. Like taking decisions would be like that this problem can be, that can be, that can be. But that point, I don't know what happened, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I think that is how it started. I, it started because, you know, tomorrow I had to pay my bills. I had to somehow pay for that sweet, uh, nice omelette that I used to have in the year. So I, I happened to just launch uh, all the products which are possible at 30 percent cheaper price than these days. And then I sold seven matters first month. And then I came how were you manufacturing? But look, this or assembling rather? Oh, this was alternating. Yeah, I, I knew because I come from this industry. I knew a lot of people who would do manufacturing or mattresses. So I happened to visit factory. They were, you know, they were looking at me and they said, "Ki young ladka hai, isko help kar." So they were very supportive of me. Ki, ki they were like, "Ki tere ko ek chahiye, paanch chahiye. You come and pick up the mattress. We will support you and stuff like that." So and then three, four, six months, it started. Come, it came to a point. I started selling, let's say, two, three mattresses every day. Within within let's say six months of time, I was able to sell six, uh, two to three mattresses every day. And then, if you were to calculate, I started making thousand rupees per mat. So that was a good amount of money, right? You're making three thousand rupees per day. And then, you know, somehow I got that confidence. That you can do anything. Love, I'm done. I'm done for the industry. And then, I, and but in Atwasha, you were learning like at a very high speed. You you were learning about how to talk to customers because this was first time in my life, right? So you can imagine how a first timer would behave on an online world. You're thinking about such Facebook. Man, such ads come. It's so budget. It's so targeting. It's so Google. It's so that. Right? So. अकोशा Then you talk to the product guy also. Then you give the feedback. Yeah, problem, no problem. So you you get into all of that learning of you know how to build a digital product and sell it to a customer, right? So that that learning was amazing. So I couldn't leave that company. But you know, this is the best. I don't think I have enough money to kind of get off the job and again start it because you should at least build some more. So two three lessons were there which I learned during that period. One is you should start. You know, there's a saying in the market that you know you should. Fully get rid of whatever you're doing and do hundred percent in the business. Then only you can succeed. I think I'm against uh-huh. that idea. Uh-huh. Don't don't have your feet in two boats. No, not two boats. I think not two boats. But I think it is better to be financially sound than financially stressed and then you know you know underperforming and what you do. So it's always better to be financially sound and then only you know take care of your business or the new idea that you. Otherwise, if you don't appreciate that, it will hurt you someday. And the second part I felt is you know connecting. With customers and really learning from them, so what is working, what is not working, is absolutely critical. So what I learned at Akosha is to call, let's say, thirty, forty, fifty customers every day. I will hear from them. Go, like, I'm like, oh, ये रिचार्ज वाला वो पेटीएम का वो ऑफर नहीं मिल रहा है. I'm not getting that. So you you somehow figure out those gaps. Later, you know how to talk to customers and figure out why they are not buying stuff from. So those are learnings came, and I think two, three learnings get very grounded, connect to customers. I think they are the best, best people to talk to, tell you what to do in life. Other than you know any anybody else in the whole company, and then I think you should have a watch chest of a money which can help you take better sleep at night and sleep better, right? 
So I think I I took that I again after that twelve months of time I if I remember correctly I saved close to eight lakhs again and and I invested three lakhs from that business and opened up a small factory. This time I started to open up a factory in in and then that point in time I met my co-founder. Twelve lakhs me factory खुल जाती है क्या ग्यारह बारह लाख में मतलब you had तीन लाख में खुला था no no I decided I hope हमें ना बोला watch ऐसा चाहिए छह महीने का I can't go and you know ask my father again क्या omelette का पैसा So I saved, I saved that thing. Like I opened up my factory in three lakh. I'll tell you what I did. I did a lot of jugadu stuff again. For for example, if if today I buy a machine at rupees five lakh rupees for cutting foam, that time I I did some jugadu mechanism. I bought, I constructed a machine in twelve thousand rupees, like which was which was just a jugadu setup. Somehow you you basic whatever tools that you require, I started doing that. Today I have a machine which is which is a crore rupees worth, which does an automatic laying of glue on the mattress. That point in time, I bought a thirty thousand rupees compressor plus gun. I used to manually spray, right? So you do all, you figure out all those jugads when you don't have money, right? So I ended up doing that. Somehow I started with this. That was in Bangalore, but I think this was this time I was very determined uh, that I have to open up factory because I realized in those twelve months of working that you know it's very very critical to control the quality. Because my other supplier, when I became decently big, when I was selling ten twenty mattresses every day, the supplier, which was a good friend, that point I started minting money by either giving me a poor quality product. Or let's say compromising on timelines, or let's say not really listening to the companies that I'm giving. So then I realized, you know, it's better to kind of start some small bit of capital. I think that's how we could started in Bangalore. Then I have to meet my co-founder. I think he he was doing he was he was doing customer care head there. He was taking care of those chatting agents. In Akosha. In Akosha. So we spent about three months together meeting, and then we became good friends. We started talking. He was also paid out, and that's how we started. And then he became my angel investor. Actually, when I fully left the job at Akosha, I asked him if he would be having the financial strength to kind of fund. And then he became my angel investor. And that point of time, he was working another startup. When he left, he also left Akosha, and he started working on another startup. And and he fortunately had a digital digital firm which can do a let's say website building for you, and can also do a little bit of Google marketing. So he had some four or five member team, and he was he was kind enough to extend that against equity. Gave me, but he he supported me me well on doing the development of website, you know, doing some initial content writing of the website as well. Later on, he joined me and he began that. But this is how we started in the week. When you like started the factory, was time for how many sales were there? Your Amazon sales? Oh, we we were selling ten to eleven matches every day. I think I. No, no. I think it was. It used to fluctuate between three, four, and it will go up to fourteen. Actually, it used to fluctuate a lot. That point. Well, average like two, three hundred in a month types. Yeah, yeah, two hundred, three hundred. Yeah, there'll be time when the labor is waiting for you that you know that you order. So we were make to order that point in time. So now I'll get two, three orders. So that that no matter what, I'm done. ऑर्डर so she she took care of all the expenses i was not able to drive salary from that you know venture 
But I think she was able to take care of the home. I think she managed the home for almost nine months, financially independent. But then, wow, you know, passed through that time, and then I started making money. I started paying salaries from the from the factory for the week. So I think then, no, it 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 went so smooth. Now looking back, I feel if if I had those learnings for my first venture, I think I could have moved. Uh, so so this also leads to me that another learning that you know having mentors in your life, having right set of people around you, those were. You know, constantly guiding you because see what you have not seen is what you have not seen. Like we really don't know what you have not seen, right? I think it becomes very critical that people around you, you know, are mature enough to handle you at that because you're emotionally very weak when you're running a startup. People around you should be, let's say, well connected and understand the ecosystem around you so that even they can guide you in the right manner. I think a lot of learning came during that period. I think that's why I'm, you know, I was able to pick up myself and get stronger and stronger. So, which month and year was it when you quit Akosha? When I quit Akosha, I I was talking to some form. So, for example, if I have to talk about product, I think there was one gentleman. Sort of, yeah, so this guy used to you know teach me every time whenever I'll have a problem of you know how to paint the right product. So he would always put customer first. I think he kind of imbibed that uh, customer first approach in me when it comes to designing product. That you know you don't think how the matters would look or how you know you want. The people who perceive the matters look like, but I think the best part is to, you know, put the indignances at the matters, and when they sleep and close their eyes, they should feel they're sleeping on air. I mean, that 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 product-led approach, I think I kind of learned from me. Every time I would want to commit some mistake, you'll come back and tell me, "Hey, you're doing the right." I I used to talk to, I and in fact I, I also became fan of reading at that point of time because I started appreciating books. I most of my mentors, I would say, would. Would come from those books. I read about. I read Pupan Ambron. I read about Big Basket, Flipkart, Nike, and all those books. Right? Those all how these all big brands are being built. How entrepreneurs have behaved during their time. I think that used to give me a lot of inspiration on how to think, how to strategically build uh, teams, how to why teams are important, where at what point you should raise funds, how aggressive goals you should build for yourself. How you mature yourself when you complete growth beyond all that. So I think a lot of mentorship came from, or or I would not say mentorship. I would say inspiration came from those books, with all those fundamentals on which everybody has built. So, for example, one of the fundamentals that Wakefield has picked up is, uh, you know, we always are value founder because we say that you know ultimately every business which will come in market will come because it will create inefficiency in the market. Right, some or the other form of inefficiency will get killed. So I think that is what I picked up from Amazon, also at Walmart. They all kind of they made like a frugal mindset. Yeah, frugal mindset. You know, you, you do bottoms up. Today also we do bottoms up cost. Never do like the market in the three thousand to fifty thousand or only thousand to fifty. We always go back to a formula. This is my operating cost. This is effective cost. This is my pack cost. Blah blah blah. And then this is the price actually sell. So all these basic fundamentals on how you build the business came from those books. Basic customer, I I think somehow this was inherited in me about this customer obsession when you get to get the hints from customer to what in your business. I think that was I don't know how I picked it up, but maybe it was probably from Akosha. Maybe from Akosha, or maybe from whatever I read or whatever. But you know, I I picked up this very very strongly. I so I was the first I, if I can be called because I started in two thousand fourteen. Where I had put up a team of people who were who were there to call customers to collect feedback after delivery of product. I think 
that part that part of time i used to be very proud when i talked to the media and say hey have you ever seen a company who delivered a product to you and they called you after let's say one month to ask you hey how do you feel and everybody was anonymously saying you know unanimously saying no we have never got a call but you know we were the first one because of customer obsession that you know the product has to be right people have to feel the value of the product that you give otherwise the word pop will not happen i'll go and travel and meet customers in person i'll do youtube so like for, for example many of the youtube videos almost 12 of the youtube videos which have million views now on youtube uh they were all shot by me directly i went in 7 o'clock in the morning took my camera did the recording had an open conversation with the customer recorded that put it on youtube you know what people think about it so i think all of that customer obsession came in inherited i think and and the inspiration came from the book and of course that you know do not goof off with the product mentorship came from that guy who taught me who taught me that you know never ever compromise on the product you can compromise on anything but the product is just of the just one year into this like one year into being full time you were earning enough to take out a salary so what kind of revenue were you doing yeah how many mattresses were you selling like yeah so the first year we did the revenue of after let's say quitting the job first year revenue was close 1 2.1 crores this is with like 2015 yeah i think 2015 we did 2.1 crores then we did 7.1 cha see the triple matlab uh we did triple and then we did 21 again triple and then we did 81 again triple and then we did 200 again almost triple for almost 4 5 years we kept on doing 3x 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 and you'll be surprised to know this that every year was profitable we were, we were paying income tax almost we, we were generating 10% profit after that so you know for the first 4 uh, 5 years we were highly profitable high growth and people were loving us we had a 4.8 star rate for our product on amazon because of this you know extreme obsession about building the right product so we had uh, almost every customer praised us for the work that we did <laughs> so when you were doing 200 crores uh, that was which year like 19 i guess yeah yes 19 90. Okay. Okay. And the product range. Uh, tell me about the product range. How did it evolve? Like from 2015 to 2019. Yeah, we started with mattresses. Then we, what we realized after talking to a lot of customers is that you know people were really not looking for range of mattresses. So what we did is we cut cut down the couple of products that we were selling. We actually went down to from six products to three two products. So we realized that you know people are looking for comfort, not for looks, not for you know. See, is my under kya hai. But actually, they were really worried about if I sleep on it, whether I'll get good dreams or not. So, so this kept on, you know, helping us trim down the extra fat that we had created in terms of the number of products we were offering. But then, when we were talking to those customers, they, you know, they were inbound queries: Why do you guys sell bed sheets, pillows? Like your early adopters will always kind of praise you. So, you know, initially, a lot of people will come to my small factory. They'll talk to me and say, "Me, me, lo, piche yeh ta. Why do you sell it?" We want bed sheets. Also, like all of you, good. You know, first-time customers would appreciate of what a young entrepreneur would do, or that they are first-time entrepreneurs would do, and they'll give you enough feedback so that you can, you have enough thoughts to kind of keep on. So we we kept on listening to them very very closely, and every time we used to hear that you know this is something unanimously coming out. Hey, why don't you sell pillows along with mattresses? So we started developing pillows. Then of course it went on a journey of kind of getting better and better depending on. then we launched protectors bed sheets comforters and then we realized you know we we want to become a complete sleep solutions company which meant anything around sleep is what we would like to do uh, and then we that's the time i think we clocked 200 crores 
So by the time you clock 200, you had this whole range, like pillow, bedsheet, comforter. And and then from there, we started uh, thinking that if the mattress or the sleep solutions market might not be so big that you know, it helps us continue to grow create every year. And that's where we picked up the other category. We said, let's start looking at bed. Because there was also an inbound interest on, you know, people wanted to buy beds also with the bike mattress. We also want to know that, you know, people buying, you know, beds from Pepperfry or Amazon, but they're buying mattress from So we realized, you know, it's a stupidity if you know, our customers don't buy stuff, which we can also take. So we, we again put up a very small, that was in 2020. And that's where we decided to get into ancillary products of uh, uh, mattresses, which is bed, wardrobe, and stuff like that. And then, and then in 21, we declared in our company that we're going to be a complete furniture company, which means we're going to sell you everything which comes as furniture, like sofa, dining, chairs, tables, shoe racks, everything like that. I think we've been progressing with that concept for almost 18 months. And then recently, we have pivoted ourselves, or let's say extended ourselves to calls and home solutions company, which means that we are now saying anything inside the wall, you come to a little episode. Which means now it has been extended to curtains, to uh, apartments, to doormats, to rugs, to decor, to lighting. You know, we've gone very, very deep into the number of offerings that we believe that, you know, the vision has now become uh, the most loved, you know, furniture company. The most loved means like we, we should be, and, and, and the mission to carry out that would be to, you know, really be able to fulfill needs of customer in terms of personalizing for furniture at an extremely affordable price. So, so the original fundamentals of the company you know, staying on being very, very frugal on the product design development that you're doing from a customer obsession point of view, customer first point of view. But at the same time, we are always backward in ticket because we believe that if you backward in get not only able to give good quality, but able to put right prices for the customer, which, which a customer does. So if you were to compare our furniture costs almost 50% of the traditional furniture shops that you would see. 50% of the price that we give. But we'll give you either the same or a better quality than the other. So this all comes because of uh, the backward integration. In fact, today I'm sitting in a factory where invested close to 150 And this all is all high-class, world-class machines from Germany, from Taiwan, from China. A lot of, so we have put together a really large setup. I think it's going to be India's largest furniture factory in terms of manufacturing scale. And, and and because of this factory, we believe we can we, we spend in Highstone of Hitting Hogwarts, which is going to be the biggest furniture company in India uh, from, a, from a D2C perspective. I think that's, that's our ambition as of today, but a lot more to come in the next two years. We already have a lot of things in pipe. Generally, what we do, Akshay, is we prepare for what is to work after two years today. So we, we start getting into an experimentation mode today. Because we believe if we experiment today, we'll fail this year. Next year, we'll learn and we'll do a little better. And then next year after that, we should get to disrupt that. So I think we are already writing something which is going to work for, let's say, two years from now. But we are totally trading on furniture that we had put up a full bet on. Next year, we're fully betting on creating production, which means you can buy entire range of anything. In- so your everything is manufactured in-house, like a bed sheet or curtains or... Okay. And even sofas and all, like yeah, we manufacture sofas, dining table, beds, everything. So almost ninety-eight or ninety-eight point five percent of our overall sale is is the product which we are manufacturing. So we do a little bit of trading to understand the market. 
you know, how the market works and how, what's the product feedback and all that. We do trading for a small and then eventually we get into backward integrate. So, for example, we have got into trading of lights as of now. Lights is decor lights, you see pendants, chandeliers and stuff like that. And now we're learning the you know, behavior of a customer, what do they like, what do they hate. And parallelly, we're also thinking about building a factory for lights and stuff. Then eventually, next one year, we put up that investment and we'll disrupt that market of light. I think this is how we generally try to do Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you did 200 crore in 2019. Uh, what are you going to end this year at? Like, what is your so estimation? 21 hit four of We did 430 crores. After that year, we did uh, this year, I think we're going to stop at close to 650 crores. Okay. Amazing. So you're not too far from 1000 crore, maybe a year away types. Yeah. yeah. So next year, we're targeting close to 1100. Wow. And so you said this is the largest by turnover. Uh, this you are including like a pepper fry kind of a company in that, or, or they are just a market? No, no, I think including that also. Actual invoice revenue that you know, we are talking about. I think the the biggest company in this space somewhere close to So if you talk about D two C, direct to consumer, which is the biggest company in this? Is it Pepper Fry or it's Godrex? Godrej, okay. Yeah, Godrej is the biggest company. Then comes uh, other companies. But I think we, we tend to pass in this year in top. Wow, you'll be bigger than Godrej this year. Okay, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you qualifying it from a D2C perspective? But the what else is there? Well, they do a lot of office business, right? So, but in home interiors, you will be the biggest company yeah. to stop. Home, no yeah, home yeah. Why home solutions and not home interiors? Like, So home interior is something we are looking at uh, from now. Uh, the difference is home solution and home interior. Home. Mujhe, mujhe the same okay. lag de, no? okay. So home interior is basically when you do your kitchen and wardrobes and TV units, where you call a carpenter, you give a plywood and he does a lot of manufacturing. Right? That is called home interior business in it. Home solution seems that you want curtains, you want lighting, you want chandeliers, you want sofa, bed. So imagine imagine anything which is loose in form is home punch. Just we, we call it home. So all of your fixed fixed furniture is home interior. Let's say wall cladding that you need to POP work that you painting all that. That is all home interior. Anything which is movable, let's say dismantleable and you need to put it somewhere else. It's called furniture or, or move furniture. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it. So you're saying you'll you'll get into this uh, home interior market, like making modular furniture and stuff like that. So our researches and studies and experiments have already started. We have put together a small team market to understand. And once we get the pulse of the market, we'll start experimenting. Then we pick it up and we learn. So we, we know it that we're going to fail it for the first attempt. So we make sure that, you know, for the first year, we should definitely fail. You know, we, we should behave like an entrepreneur who knows nothing about two days after we disrupt the market. So we, we divide our journey into 0 to 1, 1 to 10, and 10. 0 to 1 is that ambitious entrepreneur who's going to be and then we go and launch product. That 1 to 10 is where we kind of get ourselves lost in the space where uh, customers will throw us away. They'll not come and talk to us. We'll do a lot of mistakes. And then we'll do post correction in that and build the philosophies of doing that business. 10 to 100 is where we have you know, learned it enough. Now go to scale it. So that's how we divide our church. 
when zero to one apples in first year, one the one to ten apples in second year, next year. That's why there's a two year period of any industry that we pick up. You know, so far everything that you're doing is easy logistics, now, But modular furniture and all will have complicated logistics, now. Matlab, it's generally made to measure and all. Yeah, matlab, and installation, matlab, consumer khud to install nahi karega na, wo, thoda, logistics will become quite complicated with that. Yeah, so Akshay, if, if you would notice in what you've done, and again, this is coming from an inspiration from, I think the guy from Walmart said it. <laughs> Only the hardest thing is something that nobody will pick up. So almost everybody will come to the business. Uh, let's say another two or one year from now, everybody will try to do whatever is easy work. Uh, which is, let's say, trading is the easiest work, right? Uh, so everybody will say, I'll become a brand. Let's, I, yeah, I, I, I'm sure it's not an easy work, but people will think it's not easy TV mad for this and it become a brand, right? So that's an easy work. So I think we, we at Bakefit, since we have gone through all of these fundamentals, we very strongly feel that we have to choose only the problem which is the hardest. So home interior, we figured out, you know, one of the basic rules that it is a very hard problem to solve because you have to go and build customized furniture in the time without fault and satisfying the a person for almost 30, 45 days of time, somebody has to go through that phase of building the interior of the room in, you know, when somebody is building the furniture at that. So it goes in parallel, right? So there are a lot of expectations mismatch. There are a lot of improvement while the work, stuff like that. So, but we realized that, you know, it's a very difficult work to continue. And you can start off, you can easily start off and do one or two projects a month. But if you have to do, let's say, a thousand projects a month, really have to build a cycle and engine can take care of it. So that's why we're very inspired. Then this is something that, you know, what this is what we are built for. This is what we love. Uh, in fact, you'll be surprised to know, I'm not I'm not sure whether you'll be surprised or not, but almost all the category managers that we have, process excellence guys we have, all of us sit in a factory. All of these guys are IITs and IAMs and all the XLRIs of the world, right? All of these guys come sit in just next to me. They'll operate out of factory. They'll be sweating day and night. And I think they have also they have also understood this hard uh, thing that you know today's generation. If you go and start taking interviews, people from the industry and say you know you want people to hire, you want to hire people for this job, and when you talk to them, you figure out like most of the people have not gone through that hard journey of really going through the factory, understanding the raw materials, building the product by yourself, doing the testing, going to customer out there and taking the feedback. So we kind of we 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 hire people who are almost fresher from the college, from already good colleges. And we put them through one one year hardcore training where they go through and do that. You know, if you talk to our guys, they'll talk like a CEO, they'll talk like me. Uh, because they've learned everything almost from the scratch, those fundamental understanding of the market, building the PNL. I think they're super rich in terms of knowledge. So I think this is what you know, we aspire to work. We believe that it's the true talent comes from doing the real hard work and doing it by yourself, not by real party work. So that would uh, put you in competition with, say, Live Space, which I, I believe is about to be a unicorn. They are also into that space only. And, and there are others also, like I think there's Design Cafe and a couple of others which are doing that. No, but they are only the home interiors company. I think we, we are a little bit different. We are calling ourselves the complete project. Which means uh, it, it's like Subhashan Bose said, I to you. The idea here is that literally we want to give you everything which is inside home 
a great quality product at an extremely affordable price. Like, like most of our customers, if you really ask them, no. So, for example, we call hundred customers who don't buy from us. They'll put product in the cart and they'll not buy from us. And then we'll call them to figure out, hey, why did you not buy new pack added things to us? Almost thirty percent of the customers say, "Hamko bahut doubt hota hai, tum itna sasta kaise do?" So we go through a very different problem that you know we have to convince customer that you know not all good products are costly, right? It's a, we are going against the wind and saying, "Hey, we are building packages, we are building logistics, which is very very efficient. We are doing a lot of innovation in terms of packaging, dispatch, manpower. Like all the brain of the creams of the world is actually working on building the operations part of the company. So, so it's very different, right?" What are what are those innovations you are doing in operations in driving efficiencies? Like how are you driving efficiencies in logistics in warehousing? And so I think the, we we are a true fan of Toyota when it comes to manufacturing. We are the first one in India who learning lean concept manufacturing, and that too somebody talks who has was actually done it. So when I say lean manufacturing, imagine your factory running at an efficiency of ninety seven percent. Like for you to gauge, let me give you a framework. A traditional furniture factory, if you were to pick up in India, will work in a bench. For example, take army. Twenty-four hours chalegi, so kitna output aana chahiye. That is hundred percent. For example, one one person, let's say making six hundred rupees of labor, can create a uh, hundred rupees value of furniture, but is actually creating a sixty rupees of furniture. We we do a lot of improvisation with whatever process it is. He starts making ninety-seven rupees. Like he he started creating more more product in that small period of time. That's what we do. It's not innovative as such, but it's actually learning from the giants of the world like Toyota, the hundreds of factories around, and then they are able to so easily and peacefully replicate their success every every country they go through. I think we get inspiration from them, and that that's what we're doing. We are we are building on uh, zero packaging waste, which means that you know. For example, in furniture, you have seven eight percent of the cost as the packaging cost because you know furniture has to move from A place to B place to B place, so and the furniture is very fragile. It's fragile. It's fragile. So it has to come with those thick corrugated boxes, right? Now we are building building logistics for point of view that we want to have zero percent as packaging cost. Zero percent. But how is that possible? I mean, oh, oh, fragile fragility is there, right? I mean, now we we build so. Uh, that's that's little bit of a trade secret, but what we are building is we are working on recycling. So we go, for example, we buy product from us, we deliver it to you in a very safe form, and then we take back all the trash that is getting collected in house, we recycle and put it back. So almost zero percent generation of waste, which is again a seven percent safe. So this is another innovation. We have figured out innovation in marketing. Um, Or if you look, if you were to look at, let's say, some acquisition cost, people work at fifteen to twenty percent of the market. We operate at five six percent. So uh, that's again. Uh, What does that mean? Like, if you sell a hundred rupees, then that five rupees is the cost of acquiring that customer. And what in other D two C businesses, it's fifteen twenty rupees. Fifteen to twenty rupees. That's again a lot of hard work that our team has to figure out for how it is, how to. Target the right set of people. What the right thing? Like we, so we have, we we do all all those hard work. A traditional. So we take inspiration from actual pains. I think they are the ones who have really created large G two C brands. They really have an engine to, like every year they create probably two three brands, and and almost all of them fifty percent success rate is create that powerful brand. Right? So I think we take inspiration from them to 
Now, how do you create those powerful brands? How do you create those right fundamentals of talking to customers, the right product, the right pricing? We believe that, you know, if you are not efficient, someone else will be more efficient than you and he'll be disruptive. So I think we always try to beat ourselves to next level and figure out what to do. Customer. So we think very stupid ways. One of the ways to tell you is that customer ko other so chairman. If you have to pay for 50 And that too, I have to make 5 rupees out of that 50 rupees. It means I have to work at a month. So we go circles and circles and circles. Right? We go daily nuts and we figure out that if you have to pay packaging, you have to pay for it. So let me, let me do some six months of work, put, put a team together who can create a logistic which can handle zero wastage impact. Then we go to more factories, start lean manufacturing, so, so we do a lot of back-end work, which is all the smart work that, no, it's not the, we are not the first one to do this, but we take inspiration from all the big giant guys. And this all is being done from, from a very fundamental perspective of learning by yourself. We don't really get consultants or let's say people who have done it already, you know, kind of hire them from, let's say, I, I will not go and hire somebody from Toyota, right? What we do is we want to learn ourselves because this is another truth. If you don't learn it, the moment that manager leaves your factory, you will again go back to check. Okay. So, so we all go through that hard path of, in fact, today, if you would notice that I'm sitting in a, in a factory where I don't have a room, which means I'm sitting in a factory, the new factory, I have to go personally invest, learn machines, learn the technology, learn sit and talk with the people who have come from, so there are a lot of engineers who have come from Italy and there are some of them who have come from Taiwan. So I'm sitting with them, you know, having beer with them in the evening, kind of trying to learn, you know, what is this machine about, how it will work more efficient, how will I do low maintenance and all that. You know, they share a lot of stuff with you. So we go very, very soon, you know, being a CEO of this company, I'm, I'm not intended to kind of sit in a factory and learn factory and learn much, right? But, but I think this, this is not about being a CEO sitting out there. I think it's about building that culture of being connected to what really matters to a customer. What matters to a customer is giving a really great product at a really good product. That's what we have learned. We move every inch in our company just doing that. You do logistics yourself or you work with third party? No, we have built our own logistics. Okay. Why is that? Like, to, again, for cost, like cost cutting. Yeah. Uh, we, so, <laughs> so people, we, earlier we used to use third party logistics. And we used to pay about 500 rupees. No, we used to pay about 1800 rupees per mattress for delivery. And we figured out, you know, this is this is a huge amount of money to pay. And you won't believe uh, today pay 120 rupees per day. Now, this, this all is because we are packed with integrated. We figured out where are the gaps. We imagine the journey of getting the tools like this. If you were to notice in furniture, people generally pay close to 2000 rupees for delivery and installation of the furniture, we get away at 450 bucks. So that all happens because you know we are all fundamentally thinking on you know how to give more to a customer, how to give more. Because we again believe in the same thing that you know some new startup will come and they will disrupt us because they'll be more efficient than us. Otherwise nobody can disrupt. So it's again a fear that kind of drives us that you know nobody should be able to disrupt us. So we keep disrupting our own ourselves every month, every quarter, every year. And we find innovative ways of, you know, saving some bucks and passing on to customer, either in the form of discount or in the form of quality. 
So these are all like your on-payroll people, the people who do installation, the people yeah. who are driving the truck, yeah, yeah. the people doing logistics. The Look, this is all, how big is your headcount? No, it's quite big. I think we hear the organization of almost 2,500 people. Uh, out of which 500 people are, or maybe 700 people are those who work out of office. Some, some 4,000 people work out of factory. You'll be surprised to know, I think, uh, you know, so we realized that, you know, carpenters in India do not have that skill set that they should actually have to assemble furniture, to assemble, not to. And, and we realized that even if he server has that skill, it's really you know, charging you a lot because he's not getting enough jobs to do, right? And then, you know, we realized that you know, it's not sustainable that, you know, you pay 800 rupees or 700 rupees for a person to go and install furniture at the customer house. So what we did is we created Gurukul in our factory. Now we have trained 250 carpenters trained in that group. And they, they, they go through a crash course of, you know, four weeks where first week is assessment, second training, third testing, fourth is approval. And either they get, if they fail, they can go through the right process. So they learn about, you know, maintaining hygiene, how to talk to a customer, how to assemble. If there is a, something wrong at assembly, how do you talk to the backend team? There's a lot of basic, basic stuff we teach them. And we're very proud that we created 250 carpenters in the last 12 months with us. They're all working with us. And, and you know why we did it? Because we wanted to increase the customer experience of using the product. We didn't want to send some random guy in the market and, you know, go and assemble the product. We wanted our own people so that, you know, they can maintain that big philosophy while accepting the product at the customer house. At the same time, we were able to reduce the cost of that 700 to 150 rupees. So we, we did those efficiencies. We trained them on you know, how to fix a screw faster than a traditional screw, at what angles to fit, what all machine you require. I don't know where I left, but you know, but the, yeah, we created almost 250 carpenters all those speaking skill set which are required. And and we are very proud that you know we have been able to so that it, our costs have reduced very significantly a bit what we would have market, but at the same time experience is even better off. So for example, one of the best things that we did it, if you happen to buy furniture, let's say, from from an online company or a traditional offline company, they'll probably deliver you furniture first and then there will be a carpenter who will come within the next 48 hours to come and assemble. So we took this oath that we are not going to, you know, do this. We are going to deliver and assemble at the same time because we don't want our customers to wait and call somebody and then, you know, wait for the time and all because it doesn't make sense. Then why are you even delivering the product if you're not able to assemble at the same time, right? So, so we created process which again added a lot of efficiency. But at the same time, it solved customer problem that they don't have to wait for the assembly of furniture. At the same time, we reduced our cost because we were able to do it very efficiently when we did it at the same time. <laughs> that cost of traveling is not there. Like, Nito, wo carpenter travel karega. Correct. You, you picked it so well. I think the petrol cost itself comes about 5,000 bucks. And then, you know, carpenter is wasting a lot of energy driving your against it peacefully. He does a little bit of job inside the auto also while he's going to customer out. So we picked this up from, from Big Basket. I think I'm a great fan of Big Basket. I read book up, you know, what we met and I think it, it all talks about those operational efficient uh, where where you can actually, you'll have to go first principle, you'll have to go very frugal in your approach, very, very driven in terms of customer operation. But at the end of the day, if, if you have to Imagine what big basket is. It's Seven o'clock, bang what time the customer, you know, the guy comes with everything fresh, nothing damaged and stuff like that. He delivers 99% on time, the right product, right? So if if we can't build something like that, I think, as I said, there'll be someone else who will build it and disappear. <laughs> so I think it's, it's, it's in a hindsight, it's a fair which drives us 
lot more and that fear is coming from hey is there something we're doing stupidly that's the, that's a bottle line so is there anything that you outsource or, or is everything you are like doing it in house like because from driver to installation to the the trucks and all are also like you purchase or you rent you know, those trucks for you know, those trucks and all are rented yeah they are not buying those trucks in terms of outsourcing we do we do outsourcing of let's say whatever is not available in house in terms of marketing branding and technology so for example if somebody knows better ways to build a brand somebody knows better ways to build a website we take learning from them and kind of take them on all and they help us do all of that you know whatever you have it i think these are the stuff we feel there we are very very weak uh i will not call it very weak but if if there are better people available in the market who can do it for us we try to learn on and mostly around technology and mostly around you know brand building because i believe that's a very different game altogether in what compared to what i know. okay so what is the sales channel for you you started with 100% amazon how has that evolved over the year and what is it today So we started with them. Then we launched our own website two years from the time that I we, we launched seventeen. Huh. And and then the ratio was almost ninety percent of business comes from the ten percent we used to do. But then over the period time we started you know building a lot of stuff on our website. We started building traffic on our own, started doing a lot of heavy marketing. And then the ratio has shifted to almost seventy percent on our own website at thirty percent. And and. And then now we're working on almost four or five large platforms like that: Paytm, Amazon, Flipkart, and we have our own web. So we distribute them. And now, in recent past, we're exploring a path to go offline or scale. We are in process of opening a couple of experience centers that most likely in the next three months we will. The people who will visit the centers will make much more efficient. So these would be like in malls, like high footfall areas. Yes. High footfall areas, malls, you are exactly right. <laughs> Where. Uh, something like what Urban Ladder had done, like they had at airports, they had some display units or something. No, I think we we are very focused, very focused on putting up a store where already people go for furniture shopping, not for window shopping. So if if already there is an area which is called a furniture market, then yeah, we'll go and there is always an area. Ah, uh, so then I think we are placing the shop there instead of at airports. But if if there happen to be a lot of furniture shops in airport, we'll end up putting up there as well. Okay, so yeah, you don't want to waste money on just brand building. You want to yeah. target people with intent. So which is why you would put it in a in their furniture area. Ah, uh, that is also true, and of course it is coming from that again same base logic that we don't want to become an inefficient organization in the name of building some high five brand like we have a showroom in airport, so we are high. We don't want to do that. <laughs> So that's for what a very high quality product, a very affordable price. But if airport doesn't fit in, we don't launch in that location. Okay, so these would just be like uh, display centers. Uh, the ordering would still be online, like pretty much what Lenskart does. Like you can go to a Lenskart store, uh, see the frames, test it out, and then place the order, and the delivery goes to your home. Correct. Correct. It's almost almost like that. Okay. 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 And seventy percent of your business currently is through your own in-house website, like okay, okay, which again reduces your cost because I think your margin to Amazon would be yeah, uh, getting true, saved. True, but I think the true measure of measuring, you know, how we were able to reduce the marketing cost was really creating a word-of-mouth channel for ourselves. You'll be surprised to know that more than fifty percent of our sales come through, which means 
all of those fundamentals are actually really paying off now. Every year we grow because our customer base grows. Like it automatically grows. We really are not investing a lot of money in, let's say, spending on marketing or brand. Till date, I think, as I said, almost 5% of what kind of marketing. So everything works on those first principles of right product, right price, right way of reaching, listening to customers, any problem that they have, you know, solve it as soon as possible. Those fundamentals has always kept us, you know, evolving better. That, that uh, call after purchase, like the the feedback call, those still happen. Like so, in fact, we I was talking to one competition of mine, and he happened to mention that he get doing a really large. So they are also doing close to eight hundred, nine hundred crores of business, and I asked them how much strength do you have in customer care, and he was happily saying we have seventy people, and and he happened to ask me like how many people you have, and we are doing almost six fifty. I said we have five hundred people. They were surprised. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I said, yeah, we are very idiot. Can't. Poor fellow doesn't know that we are talking to customers. And I'm asking that question. We are talking to them. Uh, we we are trying to learn from what they are trying to pass on to us. So I think we have a very strong feedback loop, which you know we try to kind of listen to almost every customer, and and we do it proactively and try to. improve our product and services every month every day but i think that's how we have been how, how does that feedback reach you with 500 agents who are talking matlab how do you make that feedback loop work so that you hear so we again we have a tech team they have built up a channel so there's a platform they go and they click the problems then it goes into a you know data structured format so the all the factory managers on the click know what are the problems that they created when the product reaches at the customer home So the factory manager is daily looking at those problems, so he's creating solving those problems. Then logistics guy gets to know, hey, because of inventory issue, what happened? Because of so every problem, हम लोग हिंदी में बोलते हैं कि हर कस्टमर की चीख उसको पता होनी चाहिए, उसको सुनने में आनी चाहिए, जिसने वो चीख क्रिएट करी. Which means that every every problem that has been created by a customer should get should be heard by the person who actually created it. So we have mapped almost all. 90% of the problem which can be directly related to a person who's on the floor so for example a guy a, a shift in charge exactly knows that yesterday what all problems came at customer house when a carpenter went for the delivery of the product and then he's already working on that carpa which is corrective and preventive action and then he deploys and gives us a action plan in the next one week it should not repeat it right so it's all so backward connected that you know everybody like just the cheek nikali usko pata chala cheek cheek nikali aap <laughs> so like uh, be- because uh, you are tracking ki ye inventory yahan manufacture hui thi is team ne manufacture kari thi so therefore that information goes back we we in fact have recorded timestamp so when we scan we recorded timestamp and we know exactly so for example a product a is getting delivered at let's say some customer zone and let's say that product had a problem so the guy who sitting in a factory looks at the barcode or looks at that sku whatever has gone the batch number then from that batch number he looks at what time it was scanned at packaging and then he at that time opens up the video camera which is around the factory to look at what problems were created and then he finds the guy <laughs> <laughs> he finds the guy this is the guy he is the he'll go <laughs> so now i know people on the ground floor like exactly know that i think you know customer is watching you also wow amazing amazing okay okay so what else is your tech team doing like this is fascinating what you have built like to to make the feedback loop heard by everybody amazing uh, what, what else is your tech team doing like what other ways are you using technology to build efficiencies 
So technology team also helps us reduce a lot of personal doubt. Again, from the very basic fundamental there, you know, for for example, other than, other than usual product management of increasing the funnel, improving the funnel, you know, getting the right intent customers, giving feedback loop to the marketing team that even the type of customers you should not treat to the platform because they're just not coming, they're just fishing. Or, you know, they give right feedback to the marketing to get better. Other than those simple product issues and all that, I think they are also, you know, eradicate any dependency on person. So the you know the basic motto that is given to the tech team or the product team here that you know build this company on processes instead of people. Right? What I'm trying to say is that you know a process can always sustain stay for years and years and get better. But the people, you know, irrespective of the because we know that people will switch jobs, they'll go to better places that they'll find in their life. So, you know, they eventually are building this whole company like a robot. Their mandate is to you know remove manpower dependency as much as possible. So that all the goodness can be passed on to the customer and all the negativeness, what can be restricted at the factory or the operations. So majorly the goal is this. And that's why they end up picking a lot of problems of building stuff for us, like people, like the thing that I said. They have, you know, they have broken NPS, net promoter score, dashboard into five level problems. Like an engineer. So there's a design team, there's an engineering team. They design a product, let's say, they designed a pet and they have been given to production team, right? Now, now that engineer who created a product got launched to the market as a way to access every goodness or negativeness a customer is going through what product he is doing. Like he's so connected to the customer that again kind of inspires the guy that hey, I've created so many happy faces or sad faces. You know, he knows exactly the impact of the work, which is again getting connected to the real world and all. Not really looking at PPT enough. He he goes accesses and course corrects or improves. Even sometimes talk to the customer and say thank you for their appreciation because we believe that you know, this is something which I don't make up. So tag team is all building that culture of you know proactive in nature and solving customers' problem. At the same time, it is driving systems driven, process driven systems instead of manpower dependent. Much. I think that's a broad outline. Other than of course standard problems of building website, doing SEO, doing SEM, making speed faster, better UI, better user I think I'll not I'll not name them. These are the additional work that. Okay. So what kind of uh, hiring or, 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 you know, like w- what is your people's strategy? Like w- what kind of people do you keep? I'm assuming the people who design furniture would be like NID graduates or something. So all the people who have designed, they're, they're, they're designers from either the NIDs or there's a, you know, IIT Bombay also has been So we take people from those good colleges. Our engineering team is all coming from automotive. Almost all of them are automotive background because they understand nuts and bolts, what size of nuts and what size of bolts and efficiency is also in engine. Engineering team means what? What do you mean by that? So for example, if you have to make a bat, a designer can make it look like this is how the bat should look like. He'll do a sketch and say, boss, yeah, chahiye. Right? Now, engine, engineer is the one who's building the connectors between two components. Like there are, for example, headboard, sideboard, platform, footboard, right? How will you connect them to each other so that you're not investing a lot of money in connecting them? Plus, at the same time, you can offer five years and ten years of warranty to people often. Like, they are the ones who do stress testing of beds. They are the ones who will put up what are the best, efficient ways of manufacturing that product because the product, whatever they have designed, has to be production friendly also. So, they are the bridge between production and design. So they do a lot of, lot of that work. So we hire engineers from all of those automotive backgrounds because we understand that these guys have gone through the stress test of one kg extra in a car and the CEO will fire you, right? Because you've just made it more inefficient, right? So we get those kind of backgrounds. All all of the senior management in my company is uh, 
one time minimum failed on the cross. Uh, I think this is this is something really amazing. And we we got eleven senior leaders in our company. Almost eleven, ten out of eleven are one time at least failed on the cross, which means they act they appreciate the uh, work that is being done. They appreciate the money that people are spending. They they have a crazy focus on the things that we want to build. Like they're equally passionate. They talk like me, right? I think that is that is something we do and. I think one of the best thing that we have done on hiring is hiring people from references. I think they're very, very strong on that. So one of the funny thing that I can mention here is that you know whenever there is somebody who joins my company at at a little decent senior role, I'll pick up a phone call or let's say a video call, and the first thing I'll say, hey, congratulations, thank you for joining us, blah blah blah. But from the organization that you have come, you think you can recommend two good people from that day, right? <laughs> so so he will then get into thinking more. And then he will start thinking about you know what are those amazing guys in my company. And then he will put forward. To, then I'll talk to them and figure out like so we have built a culture of you know there's a saying right you know good people attract good people, bad people attract bad. So if you if you happen to build a chain of let's say good people, you'll always get good and better people. So I think this is what we did. Other than that fundamental thing I told you like we we hire people who are freshers from good colleges, and we. Make them go through that journey of understanding customer, understanding background, getting that gene of you know, really frugal about that customer. I think this is how we build those you know, people in general. So these seven hundred people in the corporate stuff, what is their split like? Like how many in your tech team? How many design engineering? In- so tech team would be close to fifty people. Design engineering close to thirty people. Marketing team is close to thirty people. Finance is close to thirty. Category management is close to thirty. And customer care is close to five. What does category do? Like category manager, those are ITM guys. I told you, right? They they are the one who go and work with me in factory, in logistics. Those are best call. So they are the one who understand the customer for the category. For example, one guy is selling coffee table. Now this guy understands the customer psyche of buying coffee table. Why do they buy? Buy what price they buy? From where they buy? What does that attract? So he understands the customer and goes back to the factory and designs the stuff along with the designer engineer, and then he goes to the logistics team to tell him that you know what's actually delivered. That man is who is that? So he's the guy who's actually. So he's your replica, basically. जो आपने किया था सात साल पहले वो category manager आज कर रहे हैं. We don't call them category managers. We call them EIS. Uh, they are entrepreneurs and designers. The basic idea was to actually replicate me in many people, so that you can bring good product and operation to the future. That's right. And tell me about your funding journey. So you said you've been profitable, but but you've also raised funds, then. So like, so we raised sixty-five uh, crores uh, about uh, three years from now. Then we did a second round, which was for uh, what? Like, uh, what did you raise that for? We we raised that uh, capital for building some factory. We wanted to build some mattress. We wanted to build some for backward integration, basically. We did the second round after a year or a year and a half, actually. From Berlin West, Berlin West came and lead that round. That round was almost 180 crores. This was again to build a furniture factory. Most of the money went into building factory. And then we have done a decent round. Berlin West, Eco, and SIG. These three guys have come up and invested huge growth in the company. And this is purely a growth where we are going to invest in the building awareness of the company, build lot more talent in the company. This is market. A lot of talent building. We're trying to build some serial leaders also a level to some us where you know, we can pass on the customer so they can actually continue. 
and what valuation was this most recent round? This was at thousand eight hundred crores. Okay, okay, which is about three eighty million, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I I guess by the time you launch uh, home interiors, you would hit like that one billion valuation mark, right? Like. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really hope so. But I think I don't think we we take. I mean, it could be a very stereotypical estate. I don't think we take pride in building a unicorn and all of that. What what really matters to us is these are the true core values that are compared. I think we take proud and we take pride in empowering a low income earning guy. For example, a carpenter that we created. I think we are very proud that we created one of the carpenters. We are very proud that we created three thousand five hundred jobs for people who are working in the factory. I think what we want to do is empowerment. I think in furniture or home industry, you would see that there are a lot of artisans, there are a lot of interiors, there are a lot of people who know a lot of good stuff, but they don't know where to fill out. I think we are, we are trying to, if if at all, you know, it is possible, we would try to, you know, bring them and make them an entrepreneur, enable them to kind of sell it to larger population. That that's the dream that we are chasing. I think that's that's what we are after. I'm sure uh, billion dollar valuation should should fall in between that path. <laughs> I don't know where and when it's going to hit, but the ambition is to actually empower people. So your manufacturing is all in Bangalore area only, or do you have like regional? We got four. We got Bangalore, Osur, Jhokaon, Sonipat, and Jodhpur. Five factories. I think greater not have we tried, but the rentals have gone so crazy. Again, we realized that you know. The amount of money that we'll spend by just such taking it doesn't make sense. So we ended up opening a little far from that, but we saved some money on that. Mm-hmm. And these are like what mattress or like what are yeah, the manufacturing? furniture factories, sofa, sofa manufacturing, furniture manufacturing, and mattress manufacturing. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in. That is. T H E P O D I U M dot I N for a complete list of all our shows. Before we end the episode, I want to share a bit about my journey as a podcaster. I started podcasting in 2020, and in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to interview more than 250 founders who are shaping India's future across sectors. If you also want to speak to the best minds in your field and build an enviable network then you must consider becoming a podcaster. And the first step to becoming a podcaster starts with Zencaster, which takes care of all the nuts and bolts of podcasting, from remote recording to editing to distribution and finally monetization. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link, zen.ai slash founder thesis. That's zen.ai slash founder thesis.